Welcome to the Called Forward podcast. This is a place for disciples of Christ to discuss the real challenges of living out our faith, loving well, and being people helping people find and follow Jesus in a difficult world. I'm your host, Crystal Cunningham. In this episode with guests Shauna Murphy and Zach Newman from the Family Church staff, we will discuss the challenge of crisis, something we're all very familiar with right now, and how we react to it. Before we get into that deeper conversation, I want to take a moment and I want to hear some personal stories and share some personal stories of how you guys and myself have faced a moment of panic or crisis and the interesting reaction that we had. So Shauna. Yeah, I don't like retelling mine. Um, Not a proud moment because unfortunately I'm the person who freezes in crisis. Um, But we were camping with my aunt and uncle, cousins, brother, big family camp out a couple years ago. And um, my cousin's son, I'll just call my cousin, we were all around the campfire far too close and he tripped and went hand first into the campfire. Um, it was coals, hot coals, not going um, And I should have been the person who quickly grabbed him out because I was right there, but I froze. Um, eventually I kicked in and got him out and it, it was a miracle story because there was not a burn mark on his hand at all, a little burn mark on his leg, but it's a story that gets retold a lot. And unfortunately, the retelling is always that Shauna froze and just stood there. So um, <laughs> I hate that about me because I'm a freezer. But you did save him. You uh, did yeah. Save him. Yeah. Could you? It, it probably like felt. Yeah. Yeah. It probably felt like a lot longer, too, than it actually oh, was. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> it, it felt like so, so, Shauna, I'm going to go hiking with you because you'll protect us from bears because I'll just you run just and you can freeze. <laughs> <laughs> the weakest link, huh? Okay. <laughs> Zach, uh, how about you? Oh, I'm a fighter uh, when, uh, oh, when I'm panicked. So when I was 12 years old, it was probably one of the most traumatic experiences of my childhood. And my mother hugged me in front of all of my friends on my baseball team. It's awful that she could do such a thing. And so I quickly told her, never hugged me in public again, and I pushed her away as fast as I could. I mean, even instinctually fought her off because I did not want other boys to think that I was weak. So that was a crisis for you and your mom? Oh, that that was a major crisis and uh, equally crisis uh, if you talk to my mom on the other side. Oh, I bet. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so mine's a little different. I had a time when my, my youngest son, he was just barely over, I don't think he was a year old actually. And he was kind he was walking on the couch, like holding onto it and he fell. And the way he fell, he hit another piece of furniture and it like hit his head. And then immediately there was like this bubble on his head. And so I, I guess, I think I'm more of a fight action in crisis, but my mind just went crazy. It just like started going through the scenario. And I thought, not having a medical background, I thought his brains are coming out. And so like I called 911. I'm like, my son's brains are like coming out. I don't know what's going to happen. And the paramedics came and, you know, it was just a hematoma. I think they called it just something, a swelling. But like in my mind, his brains were about ready to pop out of his skin. And I was like, I got to keep him in. I don't know what to do. So yeah, sometimes our mind too can get away from us in those moments just in an instant. So today that we're talking about crisis, And right now, um, we've been through globally, community-wise together, a time of great stress, and many would call it crisis. So we're going to talk about um, how we react to that. And and Zach, you shared recently with me the fact that people have not just two, not just fight or flight, but they have three different reactions to crisis generally. Do you want to share a little bit about that? 
Yeah, so we have three, like you said, three reactions. It's fight, flight, or freeze. And if, if you're married, if you don't know which one you are, ask your spouse. <laughs> They'll be able to tell you right away, right away because the, the crisis can even just be an argument um, in your home or a global thing like coronavirus and how it's affecting people. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to dig a little bit into those different reactions. And one of the core purposes of this podcast is that we're followers of Christ and we're people who are passionate about making disciples. So we're going to try to be very authentic and actually talk about how we interact to crisis and how our experience with it. But then also we're going to delve into like, how can we push forward and continue to be followers of Christ that are making a positive impact in understanding how we react. So, um, and Shauna, I know you've been thinking about this a little bit about the reactions and how we do that. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think it's important to recognize which one you are. Um, And then, and I think too, you brought it up earlier um, that we tend to, um, the more trauma we've already experienced in our life, the more reactive we will be um, when faced with trauma. And I think too, like you were talking about the brain incident with your son, um, we actually are not very good at assessing trauma very well especially in a more modern age, um, you know, you were laughing, I'd be good with the bear. Well, that's kind of how the fight, flight, or freeze was given to us, was to adapt in, in dangerous situations. But in modern situations, I think we have a hard time really assessing what is dangerous and what is not. So I, th- I think it's important to, to try to step back and recognize that, but also to be aware, the more trauma you've been through, the more you're going to react to things. So... Is that, would that be why Shauna, um, during this time where there's, I, it's a trauma, right? What's happened is trauma because it's been out of nowhere. It's changed your routine. It's just been something so unexpected and so impacting. Um, is that why it seems like for myself and I've seen it in others that it's almost like all of your worst stuff you haven't dealt with almost like comes to the surface all at once, which seems so unfair. (laughs) We're our best selves right now. Yeah. Oh, that was sarcasm. If you didn't catch that. Yeah. I think it does rise a lot to the surface. And I think too, like when you're confronted with a bear or you're confronted with a child that's hurt, like eventually you're going to, there's going to be an outlet for your, your response. So that fight, flight, or freeze is that physiological, neurological response that's just automatic that your body does. But um, and in most situations, we have an outlet for that. Well, in this crisis, in this COVID pandemic, there is no outlet for it. And that's why you see people hoarding toilet paper or just, you know, obsessing on social media or whatever. They're, they're looking for an outlet to deal with all of this. They're feeling right. What would be a different way to, to help people to understand how they may be experiencing this? Because fight, flight, or freeze, you know, you can, in a bear situation, we'll go back to that, you're gonna, either going to like literally fight physically the bear, or you're going to run, or you're going to stand there and get eaten, right? But that's not, we're not fighting, we're not running physically, but what is that like, just take the fight, what does that look like in an actual like life situation today? So Well, I was just thinking, I got a story. I don't know if I should share it. No, I will. Uh, So because there's mass trauma, I think what people need to understand is a lot of times we're responding in fight, flight, or freeze. um, It's a physical response. It literally shuts down your brain. There's no intelligence in that moment. And um, because there's mass trauma everywhere, it can be about something totally um, non-traumatic. For example, in my home the other day, we had something, the curtains came down. And my wife gently told me that there was putty to fix it in the utility room. Well, I went into fight mode over her telling me where putty was. 
and verbally fight mode, I should say, where I, we got into a verbal argument um, over that. So that's like when you're defensive and sometimes it doesn't even make sense why you're so defensive or immediately irritated or react in that way. Right. I'm calm now. It's putty. She was telling me where the putty was. Right. In the moment, my brain switched over to my wife to react to her the way I would react to a bear chasing me. Probably isn't going to go well for my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in that moment, that's the thing about fight, flight, or freeze is our frontal lobes of our brain is where we can have logic and reason and other things. And that is literally bypassed. And we, that's when we go into that fight, flight, or freeze. So right. it's helpful for me to know that, not just to, for myself to have grace for myself and to have grace for someone else when I see that they've entered into that mode. Right. And what is the, is the flight? Is that like when you avoid the conflict or you just kind of go into a, yeah, get out here. Of I'm fine. Yeah, it could, it could be. I'm fine. That's right. That's one of the methods. And physically, they can look like they, they can't sit still. They're always on the go. They always have to be doing something. They're on edge, you know, just kind of that. Um, they're not sleeping well. They're just always kind of in that active mode. And they what about literally leave the room? Right. If you are if you are the uh, aggressor in the room and causing them to go into fight, flight, or fright, they will literally flee. Right. <laughs> And what would be the freeze? That's a kind of a more abstract one. So I think in this season, it looks, and that's more me, it looks more like kind of the exhausted, the low energy, lack of motivation, you know, maybe burying themselves in books. I caught myself doing that. Just I'd go escape and read for hours. Mm -hmm. um, just kind of losing yourself in mindless things. You know, maybe it's social media, whatever it is, kind of distracting yourself, avoiding things. But these are the people that are probably um, avoiding the news completely. They're like, I'm not going to look at it. I'm not going to deal with it. I'm just going to pretend it's yeah. not there. Is that maybe not being able to make a decision either or being able to, you know, move forward at all? Yeah. yeah. So what's the value in being able to understand this right now? Can we have control over, I guess would be my first question, because it seems like such a reaction. I think like Zach said, because it is such a physiological response and it's a neurological response, you have to treat it that way. So I think if we can literally kind of help soothe ourselves and soothe our bodies, like it's, it's going to take intentionality. Um, and I know, you know, as a staff at Family Church, we talked about this a lot, like what are ways that we can help each other and help ourselves kind of manage what we're feeling? Um, so you know, for somebody that's, I mean, I'll let, well, I know the two of you, you both started running during this time. You took that active response and I've heard both of you say how much that helped. For me, it's more like the kayaking, going for walks, um, I think being outdoors, finding activity, soothing responses. You know, it's harder in summer, but I think if you think of like cozy blankets and hot chocolate and tea and just warmth, creating warmth any way that you can, um, sitting in the sun, yeah. It might sound funny, but those are really things that actually soothe your, your physiological and your neurological system. Yeah, I actually digressed from running um, to just walking and end up that being more um, therapeutic because when I ran, it was like almost like the adrenaline. So now I've started to, because my mind was so overwhelmed and the stress, like I found the walking more therapeutic for my mind, but it was still the physical activity, but just strolling and letting myself be um, laxative laxadaisal that's a hard word to say I don't even is that a word I feel like I've heard that before 
<laughs> but yeah. And what I keep thinking as I'm watching this is like, it feels like we're feeding, like everybody's feeding off into each other's maybe unhealth is a way to put it because of all the stress coming from every different direction. And that's like my biggest concern watching um, not only the body of Christ, but definitely the body of Christ and then the community as well is that it feels like we're just um, attacking each other from every different direction or avoiding or not loving each other because we're all stressed. So I feel like if that if there's one thing in our individual where we have control over, if we could do is try to catch that and try not to feed into this kind of vicious cycle we have going globally, really, where there's disunity and there's pain and there's attacking. I was just thinking as you were talking, Crystal, that the word says to meditate on the word day and night. And I think one of the one of the tactics when we are in fight or flight or freeze mode is memorizing scripture for mm-hmm. those moments. It's the memorization things are easier for us to get to when our brain switches in that mode. Um, and memorizing who knew it god knew what he was talking about but memorizing scripture it literally rewires our brain the more we tend to go to stress and to fear and other things the more we quicker go into that fight flight or freeze mode that's why someone that really struggles with fear goes there much easier than someone else so though we're in a global pandemic some are affected way more than others, depending on the way they've wired their brain. Uh, and so I was just thinking about that as you were talking that memorizing scripture, the apostle Paul says that he transforms our mind from glory to glory. And that does through that memorization of scripture. Yeah. Do you, ha- do you have a particular scripture that you go to when you're experiencing that? I recently, it's just that Jeremiah 29, 11, that he knows the plans for me because Lord, because in those moments, even though I react angrily around people, I really identified that it has nothing to do with them. Mm-hmm. It's actually my lack of trust in God and what he's doing in my own life. Like, what are you doing up there? And so that, that he knows the plans for me. So that roots me. Yeah. What was that scripture again, Jeremiah? Twenty nine eleven. Similarly, I, I find myself in times, um, anxiousness and fear especially when I feel that start to creep in because that's what leads me to lash out at people when I'm in that space but Philippians 4 that whole passage you know it talks about rejoicing and let your your um and let your gentleness be evident but it talks about you know put your mind on what's praiseworthy and put it at God's feet I found too going back to that and that calms me even if I don't it doesn't have the answer for the moment just putting that that I do trust God I do have a lot to be thankful for that he, he is in this which I think sometimes I almost have to repeat that to myself in moments in this last three months I I used to be a person that I felt like I was very mentally strong in that way of I've had trained myself going through past things but this has been one of the hardest times and I think some people who even may have not struggled in normal circumstances are probably surprised by how much they're struggling right now so definitely a good time to revisit those mechanisms how about you Shauna how do you interact with that that what happens here for me just remembering that God is God is sovereign that he is there's nothing unknown to him when it feels unknown to us um and I, for me, I guess the verse I lean into is um, Isaiah 26, 3, just you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. And so I think being intentional about my mind being steadfast and not wandering. And I, I think too, as you were asking, like, how do we deal with this? I think we get so unintentionally or intentionally, we go into survival mode when we're in crisis. And, and I think the answer 
is coming out of survival mode and connecting back to community, looking beyond ourselves. And when we can reach out and begin to focus on others and how can we help others who are vulnerable? How can we connect? Um, Even when it's like me, when you can't physically connect, there are ways to connect. So I think just helping ourselves learn that we don't have to stay in survival mode is important. That's good. And Shada, you mentioned um, that people like you and, you know, many people listening to the podcast probably don't know that due to health concerns, you're very isolated right now, which is not good for your nature. You're a very extroverted person. So you're, you know, definitely um, understand the isolation that people are feeling when they're not getting that safety net of connection. Yeah. So yeah, important for people to hear that. Do you guys feel like you um, have gotten good at being able to catch yourself getting to that because I will say personally so often still I'm finding myself crossing the line and and being defensive or being um, having that stress come out in a way that I um, am not proud of afterwards but I'm getting better at recognizing it and being able to give myself grace and back up and say okay I need to readjust and even apologizing more when I realize that I've, I've let that come out in an unhealthy way. I am good at recognizing it for the most part and unless it's an instant event, but like right now, this is not a, most things going on are not instant. I mean, this is life. (laughs) And I'm good at recognizing it. I'm I'm not always good at following through of what I know I need to do. Hmm. And so when I recognize it, I'm an introvert. I need alone time. And I, we jokingly at our house, call it cave time. And I need to be out in the yard just by myself and when I can tell my wife that, hey, can you have the kids for a second and I just need to get out of here because um, it's not going to take much to push me over the edge um, or texting uh, my accountability guys and saying, hey, can you be praying for me? Uh, getting out of that in that moment, that I'm not great at. I recognize it, but sometimes I don't do anything about it, which doesn't really do me any good that I've recognized yeah. it- sounds like you do sometimes though because you definitely yes. have some proactive so you do have a you have an idea of what it is to be proactive how about you Shauna do you recognize yourself approaching that generally um like Zach said there are those moments that come up that I'm like okay well where is this coming from I need to step back and kind of deal but I also think it's probably in direct proportion to am I caring for the inner side of myself? Like if I'm taking time alone intentionally and just sitting and being still with God and processing what I'm feeling, ideally before I go into my day, um, I'm a whole lot less likely to go down that road or trip up or spiral. Um, I'll catch it when it happens. Um, and definitely my friends will hear from me and say like, I need some prayer. This is going on. But I think it is definitely in direct proportion to spending time with God and, and, evaluating my emotions and where I'm at. Yeah, that's good. So, you know, there's one side of it, which is you might want to call triggers, like knowing that something's going to trigger a reaction in you. But then I think what you're hitting on Shauna is caring for yourself and having yourself in a healthy rested state per se. Yeah. I think I experienced that recently where I was trying for quite a while. My family and I were trying to have a day off and do like a Sabbath, you know, where you really rest and try to just enjoy what God has given you and enjoy him. And we were doing that pretty good, but we went a couple weeks without it. And then we were just go, 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 you know, 14 days in a row. And then I had a crash day where we were just like, my husband and I were at each other, you know, things were not communicating well. And I think it was directly related to not having that rested side of me, which probably put 
probably true for all of us, puts you so much closer to that edge and being able to control it. So having recognizing your triggers is what I hear from you guys. And then also caring for yourself if we really want to not live in that crisis space anymore. Yeah. If you have a hard time recognizing when you're dangerously close to jumping into fight, flight or freeze, having a daily check-in with yourself is really important of what, what's going on in your life. What are you carrying? What are you involved in right now? I had sought outside advice because I, I was going, what is wrong with me? And I was telling someone what was going on in my life. And they go, that is a lot. You just, no wonder you're not doing well. Um, and so I think asking ourselves the questions and sometimes to have proper self-care, we need, we definitely need an outside perspective to, to look at it because we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. That's really good. Having a safe person that can give you feedback. I think if you're in a family situation too, you know, if you live with a group of people, um, it's important to be honest with them. And just like Sunday, I was, I was grouchy. I was overtired. I had spent three days at a conference. I was just mentally, physically tired, but I was snapping at everybody. And I finally just had to say, you know what, I need to just go remove myself for a couple hours. I'm just going to go read and rest. And then I will come back and I will be much more pleasant to be around. Um, but if I stay here and just keep pushing through it, it it's not going to be pretty if I keep going. So it's okay to be honest with your family and just say, you know what, I will be better off. You will be better off if I just go take a break for a little bit and then come back. Does your family respond well to that? Yes. Yeah. I, because I think they recognize it's going to be worse if I don't. Yeah. My husband used to keep uh, Dutch Brothers gift cards that he was given. And he, like, and I was having a bad day. He like, can you please just take this and go leave for a couple hours and have some time alone? Because you're not happy right now. <laughs> Love it. I, I yeah. think what Shauna, you're describing is super important, which is like having a game plan mm. before. Because when we're about to go in those modes, if you don't know what you're going to do, you won't do it. And so my wife and I have talked about that so she knows her signal when I say hey you want to go for a walk that's my gentle way of saying if you're being really reactive and hers is to tell me to go get in the yard and do some yard work <laughs> so, so did you guys uh, actively uh, discuss that or is that something you've just organically kind of figured out with each other uh, we ask each other hey what what de-stresses you how how can you lay aside what's going on in your life how can you do that and just like we were talking about earlier, both of our things are physical activity. For me, it's the yard. It's not just physically doing it. It's also, I get to see it afterwards that I've done something, you know, working at a church with people. Sometimes it takes a while to see an actual fruit of labor. And so I like to do activities that I can actually see something and that restores me and settles me down. For Rachel, it's getting away from my wife, getting away from the kids for a moment so she can think um, and not have to lock herself in the bathroom. Never happened, right? Never <laughs> happened. Never <laughs> happened. Never happened to either one of us. <laughs> I think we've all, uh, yeah, we won't go there. I think we've all been there. <laughs> yeah. So as we wrap up, what would be one thing of encouragement that you would want to share with our listeners um, and how they can move forward um, in the mission of loving people and loving God? My, I would say ha have grace for yourself. We've described this fight, flight, and freeze our natural responses. Unfortunately, when we get in those modes, we can cause a lot of damage. Um, and 
if you have caused damage and you in when you've been in one of those modes seeking forgiveness is super important uh, but also just having grace for yourself or the other person is also very important i agree and i think just taking care of yourself just being self-aware to acknowledge where you are and and grace like zach said to to care for yourself, to give yourself what you need um, because your body's signaling to you. That's what it's doing. It's signaling to you that it can't stay like this. Um, And so care for yourself. And I think Jesus himself was such a great example of caring. He took care of himself. He found solitude. He had time to be with his father um, and we would do well to model the same. Very good. Well, thank you so much for taking the time, Shauna and Zach. And um, we're going to sign off today, but we'll be back again. Bye. Thanks. Thank you for joining the Called Forward podcast. To listen to episodes weekly, visit our website at calledforward.com or subscribe to the Called Forward podcast at iTunes, Podbean, or your favorite podcast service.